Welcome to the Terminal Exchange, the official podcast of Newsbaum Transportation, where we explore key issues and compelling stories in the trucking industry. I'm your host, Sage Anderson, and you're listening to episode 83, A Light in the Darkness, Exposing the Importance of Mental Health. Today, we'll have Jim Ravel, our company chaplain with us, and Justin Warden, our shop manager, to talk about mental health. We'll cover some personal experiences and talk about some ways to exercise our minds. So, without further ado, here's the Featured Exchange. Awesome. Um, So yeah, why don't we just kind of give a definition, like what is mental health? What are we talking about? Can Can I just back away and just say this, first of all, that mental health, I, w- I want to differentiate, I would differentiate between mental health and mental illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are definitely times we have or can have issues of mental illness in our life, but mental health is actually something that we all have to deal with because, you know, just like we would manage our finances, we, sometimes we do healthy choices, other times we don't. Our mm-hmm. health, uh, this is our thinking and managing it. Yeah. And so it's something, it's a topic that all of us have to deal with. Uh, mm-hmm. Justin, what would you say about that? I'd say the same thing. You know, mental health is something you have to, you know, practice at, exercise different things, you know, consciously make decisions and actions to mm-hmm. better your mental health state versus, like Jim said, you know, mental illness. Sometimes there's only so much you can do, mm-hmm. you know, but you can always work towards bettering yourself and no matter the situation. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I would say the mental health would be something that, you know, it's not just something that it can naturally happen if you don't, adjust or exercise or do anything either way, you know, whether helping or hurting your mental health, yeah. it'll just kind of go its course unless you say, this is how I want to feel. This is how, you know, I want to do things. Yep. And, and I, I would say, you know, it's it really kind of is a holistic thing in our life um, where it deals with our emotions, mm-hmm. which obviously uh, we have different kinds of emotions we have to deal with, but it also, uh, it's our thinking. Mm-hmm. It's our social well-being that impacts how we do our relationships. And and I would add this as a chaplain. I think this is a massive component. It's our spiritual well-being. It's yeah. our, our spiritual life, mm-hmm. um, which, is an, which is a really important thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, it's important because it's how we think, how we feel, how we act. It, it it interacts with all those things, um, how we deal with stress. And, and I think it plays out into how we, how we manage our lives. Um, if we're struggling with sort of repeated, how would I say, ruts of thinking that devolve into, you know, just perpetual destructive behavior, and a lot of times we don't even know we're doing that, it impairs our ability. So, so someone who is mentally healthy, you know, I think they're using their abilities or they're growing in their abilities. They feel productive. They're, they're making good decisions. They're active in, you know, in community or in, uh, like even say, say on the job here that you, you play as a team player. Mm -hmm. I I mean, it, it, it spills, it kind of seeps in to how we manage all of our life and, and it's really essential. Good. Um, but on like the flip side too, I think sometimes you, you can still appear 
to be very engaged and still like and have some mental health struggles. I think that's also definitely very possible. Um, oh, we're massively good actors. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? I'm speaking out of experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, all of us have sort of the, I mean, even as a chaplain, I mean, uh, I, there are times that, I, I mean, it, well, I'll just say this as a chaplain, we have a chaplain for the 400 chaplains that serve in our company because, and sometimes I have to call the chaplain to process things because mm -hmm. the fact is, um, we, you know, we don't want to be dark and negative in how we, you know, present ourselves. Yeah. But on the other side, we do struggle with things. And I think especially about two or three o'clock in the morning when we're struggling sleeping and there's mm -hmm. something going through our mind or our heart, we can't resolve it. That's that's when things really hit us. Yeah. And uh, and so, I mean, learning how to steward those things is very important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything to add? on that, Justin? I would just say, I mean, he says that we're good at hiding it. And I think if you surround yourself, what I found is if I surround myself around people that know the true me, mm. even though I think I'm good at hiding it, they can usually tell. <laughs> they pick it up. And Ooh, they're able to good. walk right beside me and say, I hey, love you know, it. Are, you, are, are you doing okay? You know, even if I don't show it, mm -hmm. they still might not know it's, you know, the real me, even though I think I'm putting on a good act. Yeah. You can still kind of feel it, especially when you build that network and that trust group. Yep. They really know who you are and they're able to walk beside you. Yeah. Boy, that is, I mean, that's absolutely true. Someone will mm -hmm. pick up and say, hey, man. And a simple question can open up, hey, are you doing okay? Or, you know, or what's going on? Uh, probably an open-ended question, hey, what's going on? With, you know, things are good with you. What's happening? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and that really does, you know, help so we don't get caught in a cave, mm -hmm. in, 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 you know, and, and uh, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So talk about the, the thinking about what we think about. Um, like when you, when you say that, what, what do you mean with like mental health? Whole well, I, I, would, I would make these statements. I would say this. Um, first of all, my thoughts control my life. Uh, there's a verse in the scripture, uh, in, Psalm, er, in the Proverbs, it says, be careful what you think about. And this is in the uh, New Century Version Bible, but it says, because your thoughts run your life. So if we don't think about what we're thinking about, thinking about, thinking about, we can get caught into ruts that we don't even, it's sort of like what we call a blind spot. Like if you have egg on your face and you can't see it, a lot of times we have um, patterns that we operate in. So my thoughts control my life, but here's an important understanding. I can control my thoughts. In other words, I can make a choice. Now it's, it, I'm not saying this is an easy thing, hmm. but you've got to step back and it, this takes some time to reflect and to, to watch yourself doing life. And, and that's an important thing. So, um, I, so I think that's an important thing. A lot of times we go, oh, I'm, you know, I can't control my thoughts. Well, maybe initially when you start trying to manage some things, you struggle with that. But I'm telling you, it's possible to, uh, you know, draw boundaries around, I'm going to think about this and I'm not going to think about this. And it, it's not going to come overnight, but it's a process of training yourself. Mm -hmm. So... I would, that's how I would, what, one that was my number one crutch, I think, when I was in some of my darkest times was being able to say I can control, because there's no way in those moments that I thought I'd even have a shot at it, um, just because it doesn't, everything happening, your brain's so powerful, it says, no, this is, this is reality. Mm -hmm. And you start to think that, think that, think that, and then if you can condition it, 
you know, I can still condition a little better to this day, but not. I wouldn't say I'm a master at controlling them or even so, so I guess I'd have a question for you then. Um, so you feel like you're in this spot where I can't. So what mm -hmm. change or what what were some things that kind of, you know, got you out of, you know, that sort of really a learned helplessness, what they call a learned helplessness. Right. Just the biggest part was when I started my family, you know, because it went from feeling no value or, you know, all I'm worth is this, this, this and this. And then once I started that family and got involved in that, it seemed like all the negative things in my life that felt like they were controlling me. I was able to look past that and say, all that stuff was irrelevant and I don't care what that was making me feel like and kind of shift to a new focus and mm. again, change my thought and thinking pattern to instead of thinking of X, Y, and Z, now I'm thinking ABC and those are more positive thoughts, you know, yeah. <clears throat> playing with kids and doing stuff like that. It's more positive thinking to where you're not always thinking negative things, you know, mm. like I'll never have a better job than this. I won't have, you know, I have a heart problem to be stuck with for the rest of my, like things like that that are just negative thoughts that your brain doesn't want to let go of. It just keeps processing and putting it right in front. Because I feel like sometimes the negative stuff's easier to go to the front than the positive, like pushing it away. Mm. So, I mean, so what you just said here is an, there's an embedded principle here that's powerful. Mm -hmm. If, okay, how do you get darkness out of a room? You can stand there, you could get a carpet and try to, you know, I'm going to, or why not just turn on the light? Why not do something? So what you're saying is that it, kind of in a life circumstance, you're forced to have to kind of fill your life mm -hmm. up with some other things that kind of drove out lack. Now you don't have the time to think about all those, you right. know, the other things. So that kind of stepped up. That can happen if you gain responsibilities on a job or, you know, the the, the idea is that, the best way to get darkness out is turn on the light or do something different. Mm -hmm. In other words, some positive thing that can, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Well, not only like turn on the light, but also like present the truth. The and truth. So yeah. I think about um, like, for instance, let's say you have this like fear, this like reoccurring negative thought that's constantly playing. Right. Like, um, for instance, like I feel insecure. Uh, I don't feel like I'm lovable or something mm -hmm. like that you share that with someone that is close to you. You share like, this is this negative thought that I'm having. And then you can go through what is the worst case scenario and what is the truth. Mm -hmm. So, um, for instance, like, um, I'm going to have a birthday party and I feel like no one's actually going to show up because they're like, they live far away and, and I don't really matter to them. Worst case scenario, they don't show up. And like, and that's, and that's okay. And what if they and, don't? And what, mm -hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. And what if they don't? Right. Um, right. I'm scared that sure. I am going to get in an accident, so I'm too scared to ever drive. Okay. I get in that. Like, just just kind of going through, like, those worst-case scenarios. And, like, are will you stop living your life because of all of this fear? And if you just kind of, okay, here's the negative emotion. Here's how I'm feeling. I'm going to share it with someone I love. And then we're just going to go through, and we're just going to learn how to accept it instead of it just, like, replaying and mm -hmm. replaying so like let's go to the worst case scenario let's envision it and let's just accept it and let's present the truth into um, well and i think what you just said is the idea of reframing because a lot of times it's not the original thought no one uh, the fact is maybe people won't show up at your birthday party mm -hmm. but the issue is how are you interpreting that thought because what's happening is you are interpreting that thought that if they don't show up, that somehow is tied into your worth. And that's yeah. a lie. Yeah. That, that's an absolute lie. So you've got to confront 
the lie and replace it then with what is the truth in this moment? And that, that's an important thing. That's, that's a very good observation. Yeah. And also, what can you control? Like, what is your circle of control? Absolutely. I cannot control whether someone is going to arrive, but I can control if I will be there and how I will Absolutely. invite them. Yeah. So just like thinking about your negative thoughts and then thinking about what, is there anything in this circle of concern that I actually can make a difference in? I can't, influence, I can't yeah. make him have an emotion like I, that's just out of my control. So just thinking about worst case scenario, what's the truth and what can you actually even affect? Right. Well, and so, you know, the idea I mentioned, the idea, my thoughts control my life, but I can control my thoughts. But any change I want to make really starts with my mind. I mean, that's really what you're saying right there is that I'm going to think about how I'm how this the party scenario is impacting me and so you're you're really thinking about and and that's how change really starts mm-hmm. um and so there's a little uh they use i don't know if in psychology or whatever it's it's the term tfar t f a r and it's true for negative or positive thinking mm-hmm. so the the t is your thought everything begins with a thought um secondly what i think impacts how i feel because, like, for instance, you're thinking a thought of nobody's going to show up at my birthday party. That makes me worthless. Now I start feeling like what kind what kinds of emotions would you feel if uh, you'd feel worthless or yeah. you'd feel, you know, so you're feeling these emotions. So you st- start with the thought, your feelings, and then the A is actions. Now I move to certain actions because I've thought a certain thing. I'm feeling a certain way. Now my actions. And then the R is repeat. Well, if you're in a negative thought pattern, a lot of times we just caught, we get caught in this cycle and we don't break it. And so, um, uh, so we need, we need to reroute our thinking. And, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a really good story. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Um, I think we can go into our next topic unless anybody else has anything else to add there. Um, I would make a comment. I, these are some underlying truths about kind of mental health, sure. every, be, every behavior that I have is based on a belief. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, if, if I believe a certain thing and, 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 and so th- this is why this topic is so massively important because our th- mental health process drives everything about us. And, and so I, I would just really emphasize that, that all of us are you know, hopefully by the time we finish today, we, we can come up with some strategies on, you know, how do we build good mental health? And I think that's a good question. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to kind of go in, um, to some myths and some facts. And as a side note, um, can we turn the volume up at all? Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, some myths. Um, mental health doesn't affect me. Like it's doesn't affect me. And I'm, but mental health. Okay. Mental health can be good health too. So I, <laughs> it's definitely a myth. <laughs> well, yeah. it's a myth because I think I'm sorry. All of us have patterns of thinking. I mean, it really drives our life. So mental health, and as I had said at the beginning of the program. Mental health and mental illness are two different mm-hmm. things. Being healthy mentally is something we all have to steward. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Yeah. So it affects it affects everyone, and that also includes children. Mm-hmm. Correct. Well, and I think uh, in lieu of what we've seen over this last couple of years with you know with the pandemic and then with isolating and kids working, uh, schooling remotely, and and then when you add to it, I think in our culture, the social media aspect of our life is such a massive thing mm-hmm. that we, I don't think there's been a generation that has had to deal with so much information and the comparative factor, mm-hmm. meaning that you know, it, it, you know, you put on social media, you always put your best life forward generally. And then we compare ourselves to that and we dig ourselves in a hole. So, I mean, we, we're having in our culture, some gr- big challenges with children, teens and pre-teen. uh, preteens uh, that are dealing with these issues because of, you know, what we've been facing. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd go one step further and just say technology in general. Yeah. Cause you know, when my generation grew up, we were riding bicycles, playing outside. Mm-hmm. And now some of these children are being raised by electronic devices, mm-hmm. no social interaction. And what the social interaction they might see on an online game might not be the best for them as well. Yeah. So I, I find it, especially with three daughters that try to use electronics a lot. I mean, it's definitely in the forefront of my mind, mm-hmm. you know, how it's affecting them. And, you know, I wish that they could have the childhood that I had because I feel like it was very useful having that friend network and, yeah. You know, you weren't just glued to a screen of any nature. You kind of went out and explored. Kenny okay, did, yeah. Yeah, did that stuff. Mm-hmm. Fresh air. Yeah. Well, and, I, you know, I do think uh, it, that it it just has a way of, in fact, it's when they do the design of many of these technology types of things, it's sort of planned addictions. They, they, they really do uh, sort of wire into the system you know, uh, this sort of draw that I've got to be part of this all the time. And, and so uh, kids are affected deeply by this whole mental health thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so people with mental health struggles should just snap ho- out of it if they try hard enough. I wish it was that easy. <laughs> Boom. That'd be great to have an instant yeah. change. But it, it, here's my thought on this. Listen, we will be managing our thinking Till the day we breathe our last breath. <laughs> and so, and the idea of snapping out of it, you know, that's, that's like saying if you're trying to do better financial management that, hey, just snap out of it, you know, mm-hmm. well, you know, we've got to think in terms of developing a spending plan and managing our expenses and those kinds of things. And some, and it's trial and error. I mean, we, and that's true for even in doing our thinking, um, there's a whole lot of things that contribute to mental health um, and to uh, that are opponents, I would say opponents of mental health. I mean, bio- biological things can affect that. Uh, life experiences, uh, family history, um, you know, all of those kinds of things. Each of us have, been, I mean, um, you know, I'm thinking in my, my own life, in my upbringing, we had to deal with a lot of anger in our home and, uh, and it came out of my father who was in World War II he was on a ship that was hit by a kamikaze, saw many of his friends killed. And the first 15 years after the war, he struggled with some addictions, with, I, I, you know, I think it was undiagnosed PTSD. And all of that played into how I was, how I was in influenced in my thinking. And then he, in the, in the early 60s, he had an experience where he came to the Lord. And it, it really did transform his life. But let me just say this, just because he came to Christ doesn't mean that he 
all of a sudden thought differently. And so it, you don't just snap out of it. It took him a number of years. And I don't think he perfected even till the day he died, mm-hmm. but I saw improvement. So I, the, the idea is, um, you, you know, it's a life journey. Yeah. It's not just snap out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you think about, I mean, you brought up the finances thing, but you think about like your physical health too. Like if you want to lose weight or change your diet, like again, that it's very difficult for it to happen in one day. But another thing that I really want to bring up is for the people that have that don't really struggle with the negative thoughts or haven't experienced anxiety or depression right. to be extremely um, just cautious with that mentality that people could just snap out of it because, um, and to be cautious about telling people, you know, stop crying or stop mm-hmm. feeling like that. I think that we should be allowed to feel our emotions. And if like as a child, if a child is constantly being told to stop feeling their emotions all the time, then they're going to have a really negative association with, I'm not allowed to feel sad because that makes mom or dad angry at me. Um, so just being really sensitive with, with those things. Well, in fact, one of the signs of a mentally healthy person is the ability to experience a broad range of emotions. In other words, you you feel, you can feel sadness and and a lot of, if you're not comfortable feeling your own sadness, it's hard for you to even empathize with others. Mm-hmm. On the other side, the ability, if you can't identify and deal with your own sadness, many times you can't celebrate the joys and the laughter. So to have this like robust, broad range of emotions and learning how to, learning how to, how would I say, steward in, um, not necessarily enjoy, certainly the good things you enjoy, but mm-hmm. learning to, um, to live through your sad moments. And we have to, I mean, if you're a reader of the scripture, go into the psalm sometime and talk, read David's journal or whomever. Oh my goodness. Talk about dark moments because we have dark moments of the soul. So we have to give our permission, uh, you know, permission for that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You also think, well, one, like the truth that God gave us emotions. So one, they're they're God given and... um, well, and it's also the image of God. It is the image of God. God feels sadness. Yeah. God feels joy. And so all we're doing is uh, sort of reflecting who he is and who he's made us yeah. to be. So that, yep. that's really cool. Yeah. Yep. And then um, the other thought is that they can kind of, they can be like signposts. So when you're driving your vehicle and it shows like you're running on E or right. something needs inflated or whatever, your emotions point you towards what you're thinking or what you're, or like what's going on. So it could be a really good tool just to do a self check. Um, so what you just said about the idea of not ignoring that, or if, if you're a person that doesn't necessarily struggle uh, to say, Oh, you know, get over it, whatever. Well, can you imagine if you're driving down the road and maybe you're one of the drivers listening out there right now, and you see this thing on the dashboard and you get a hammer out and and okay, that took care of that. It didn't take care of that. All you did is wiped out the sign of something that's an issue underneath. And so the, those, that's a great analogy that you, you share on that, that these emotions, there's something going on underneath in our thinking and some things we need to really um, contemplate in our own life. Yeah. Yeah. And you hit it with, like, even with depression, there's certain, like I've been through it myself, there's other ways that you can cover it up. I wouldn't say you're working on depression. You're masking it with, mm-hmm. you know, abusive things like addiction to and substance abuse and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And like to me, when I was going through the hard part, it was easier to just cover it up. 
and say I'm okay than to actually work through it because sometimes that's the harder part. Yeah. Is saying I do have this issue and I need to work on it. Yeah. It's so much easier just to chuck a blanket over it and say, ah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Coming from a shop technician and parts are missing and <laughs> like, yeah, it's probably a big oh, mission to find out all the, right. yeah. How to yeah. steward all that stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, so once a person develops mel- mental health struggles, they will struggle it for the rest of their lives. Myth or fact? Hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, studies show uh, that... <laughs> pause. Well, <laughs> um, studies show that people who struggle with mel- mental health issues can completely recover. Yeah. So. Well, so I will, you know, I can become sort of self... Uh, you know, sort of open up and share a little bit on a moment I had probably almost 30 years ago where it's what you call a dark night of the soul. And I was, I was dealing with something that I'd never faced before. Uh, it kind of hit me hard. I was, I mean, my wife got very concerned about me. I was very, very emotional. And, and there was a particular thing that had happened in my career that really plowed into me. And uh, so I, I mean, it, it became, and I'm not going to go, you know, share all the gory details of this, but I ended up, uh, both her and I went together to a therapist who was just oh, extraordinary at sort of teasing out uh, how I was reacting to these things and then kind of helping me restructure. And I'm telling you, uh, I had some moments um, that were very deeply emotional, but very helpful. And it was probably a season of about, I would say about nine months, but it was resolved. I mean, it was a, it was a very challenging thing I was facing, but I got through it. So you don't have to, uh, you, you know, you're not sort of relegated to your, <laughs> your prison as it were for the rest of your life. You can get out of and heal from this yep. very much. Yeah. And the only way, reason I was hesitant towards it is if, if you don't have that support group and you don't have the resources that you're looking for are in front of you to know this is the step I need to take this. I mean, if you're on that journey alone and you're afraid to gather more people for the journey, I can see where it could get pretty easy to get stuck on it and never resolve it if you didn't want to truly resolve it or if you didn't even know you had it yeah. mm-hmm. going on. That's why I think it's most important that we you know, build our support groups, build our team, build our friendship, our trust groups to make sure that if you are walking it, you're not walking it alone so that you can you know, get out of that spot. Well, and let me just say this, because there might be some people are very comfortable with lots of relationships. Others are like, I tend to be more of an introspective person. I don't like, you know, crowds and that sort of thing. And studies find that it's not necessarily the number of relationships, but the quality of relationships. And even having one or two, some sort of like, uh, if you have a a stress valve on a pipe that you sort of can let the pressure out, having someone to process things with, and probably more than one, but maybe a couple of people that help you, that that's a real helpful tool. So if you're out there and you're saying, oh, I don't like to, you know, I don't like to become uh, transparent. Well, it's helpful to find a couple of people that you trust mm-hmm. that you can, you know, at least sort of unwrap your soul with, and that's helpful. Yeah. Yep. Very good. Um, myth, um, therapy is a waste of time. 
Well, I just told a story. <laughs> it is not. Not, not, at least in my case, yeah. it's yeah. not. And the word therapy is, that has in it, it's kind of comes from a Greek word that means healing. I mean, we're all, you know, the idea of, I mean, just like if you go to a physical therapist, that's not a waste of time. They think they treat you some move, you know, movements with maybe range of motion or strengthening or whatever. And that's what a person who is skilled with, you know, a counselor or a therapist, they help you with things that can make you uh, embrace mental health in a fresh way, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, so the next one is, um, I cannot do anything to help someone that is struggling with their mental health. Like, as a definitely myth. I mean, you can yeah. all you have to do sometimes. The biggest thing you can do is listen. I mean, I think the number one thing when I was going through it that people tried to do is tried to fix me, and that's mm -hmm. not what I needed in that moment. Yep. I just needed that person to listen and understand, unload it, like he's saying, release the valve, unload it, and just then I can process it, and then we can work together on you know. Yeah. Well, I, I think. Uh, I think many times the little things that we do in people's life, lives, whether it's like you're saying, listening is mm -hmm. such a massive gift to someone where we just, you know, we just give them ourselves and our ears and we help them unpack. And um, I, I say this, you know, I, certainly I'm, I'm very honored. I mean, I, I'm always amazed that I can serve here as a chaplain. But I, I say this to like whether it's the driver managers or the other staff or you know like someone like you, Justin. That I, I kind of kind of come underneath you guys. Do, do you men and women do a lot of the chaplaincy work by simply being trying to create a culture where you're supporting drivers, you know, and the team and that sort of thing. And so I think a lot of times we don't realize something that seems so significant of just pausing to ask someone a question. Hey, how did that, you know, hey, I know your wife had an accident last week. How's she doing? Or those kinds of things um, really help people process their life and it helps build value and, and support. And mm -hmm. so I think we can't denigrate um, the little things we do. It's, it's the small, kind, thoughtful things that make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, myth, prevention of mental health challenges is not possible. I think there's definitely, and I think we need to get a toolkit established and yep. there's definitely things you can do just like you were saying earlier, you know, with the, your physical health. I mean, yep. if you want to lose weight, get healthy, you know, exercise, there's certain things you can do to, you know, boost that and just as your mental health as well. Mm -hmm. Definitely lots of things you can do. Yeah. Well, and I think, um, <laughs> I think part of the challenge of the, like, for instance, the U.S. medical system is the fact that we tend to treat illness versus focus on, I think there's been a shift to try to look at even our physical health to, to deal with prevention. Mm -hmm. And I do think, uh, and, and I'll, I guess I'll just share a quick story from my own, about a year and a half ago, I did a you know, I've been doing chaplaincy about four years, but I was also working in pastoral ministry in a church. And I had done that in various capacities in various congregations across the country for almost 40 years. And my tenure uh, and my serving in pastoral ministry was going to complete in June of 2021, June 30th of 2021. Well, it, I was finding myself having 
some very strange thinking and emotions about sort of reassessing my whole life and did, did I make a difference? Was I making an impact? All those kinds of things. And so I became proactive in uh, picking up a tool by, she's actually a brain, uh, a neuro uh, a scientist, a Christian lady from South Africa by the name of Dr. Caroline Leaf. And the book was called uh, um, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. <laughs> but what the cool thing was, for 60 days, it, there's this little app that went with it, and it had little two or three minute challenges that you challenge your thinking every single day. And I found that when, so I started this in April of 2021, because I knew June 30th was coming up shortly. And it really did help me challenge. I actually wrote down on paper, and I actually have this notebook here that I brought with. I, mm -hmm. I won't bore you with the details. <laughs> but I, I wrote down lies that I was believing, how those lies made me feel, um, what kind of actions, what were the underlying beliefs. And then in red ink, actually, I, I can show you this. I, I reroute and say, that's a lie. Here's what I'm going to choose to think. Hmm. And, you know, like we talked about getting snapping out of it. Well, that 60 day thing kind of set me on a process where I'm still working with going through lots of those emotions, those kinds of things. But man, I, I feel great mm -hmm. because I, as I said, I, I'm making choices to think right, uh, you know, to choose right thoughts mm -hmm. and not be drawn, you know, be drugged down into the, in my dark hole, as it were. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that, that's an example. So, and I think what you just said, I think it's important that we build a toolbox. So, mm -hmm. I mean, what, what, what can we do? You know, that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that brings us yeah into our next topic, which are just some best practices in keeping ourselves mentally fit. Um, so I'd love, I think you reached out first to some drivers or you posted in the support group page. I'd love to just start off by hearing what some of them had to say. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm uh, part of the, there's a, in fact, if you're listening and um, you're a driver, there's a Nussbaum support page, which I think it's, I think it's run by employees or, you know, and that's that's a good resource. There's also a, a Nussbaum family page that, and this is a good way to to process information. So I threw a questions out. Uh, I, the simple question: What do you do uh, to develop healthy mental? Uh, what habits do you have to develop uh, healthy mental health? And so I got some, I got different kinds of responses. Mm. But here's one one. Uh, this person was both a driver and had worked in the office in a time past. But they said, "Thank you for covering this topic." It is absolutely vital. Mm. And so they said this, one of the scriptures, so they use a scripture that helps them. It's absolutely imperative to, uh, to discipline our mind, seemingly endless hours to let them wander. We must purposefully apply the brakes from time to time to prevent runaway thoughts. Mm. So they use the scripture in uh, 2 Corinthians that says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Mm. So they use the scripture. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, here's a lengthier one. And I thought this was a really interesting thing. This was a family member of one of the drivers. Uh, I think one of the spouse, the wives, when the wives one of the drivers. <clears throat> and here's, I, I think, some really good thoughts here. Good mental health is always a work in progress. It is something that you have to set time for 
even if it's only a couple minutes a day. And I think these are, this is brilliant. For me, it's taking a little time every day to focus on me, not me the wife, not me the mother, not me the grandmother. <laughs> and this is how she does it. She says, I do it by doing my Bible study in the morning. I water flowers in the evening. Oh. I take a walk uh, several times a week. I read a good book every night before going to bed. I go for a drive with the windows down and the music up. I mean, isn't that cool? I mean, I love these strategies. However, you'll find, however you can find a little piece and connection, it's a bigger challenge with the hubby going from being home every day to being only eight hours or eight, eight or so days a month for both of us. But we end our days with conversation and a reminder of what we can of of uh, we can do anything together. So many people are taught not to talk about mental health or pushing on or uh, pushing it down or don't talk about uh, I'm having a hard time. We don't want to be seen as weak. We, ne we never look at our uh, never look at this as weaknesses. Everyone has felt down, lonely, lost, unsure. Pray, sing, find a group, find community or even online. I mean, there's so much. In, in, I mean, this is almost like a toolbox. So, I, I mean, what did you just hear in that? that that's to me astonishing. That's a great. I think uh, they hit it right on the head with the first sentence that it's a work in progress. Yeah. I mean, you might be in a good spot right now, but, you know, two months from now, five months from now, where are you going to be? Um, and then I just got done with the seven habits class and just mm. kind of that one right there kind of reminded me of sharpen the saw. Yeah. Mm. You know, if a saw is not sharp, it's not going to cut through anything. So if you don't keep your mental health sharp mm -hmm. and take time to focus on that, then you can't be nearly as effective in anything you do. And it, it, she said just a few minutes a day. It, it doesn't take a lot, but a little bit can change the whole recipe. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's cool. Yeah. No, I want some flowers to walk. <laughs> yeah, I it's so good. I love this. I love just the broad range of activities that uh, she does because it, you know, and, you know, some of you might not be into flowers. I mean, maybe yeah. you're into maybe you like golf or maybe you like, yeah. you know, whatever it is. I, I, mean, I love it because yeah. she just has, there's just little expectations. It's not like I go to the nicest restaurant and order the like best steak. Right. It's I go for a walk drive with my windows down, like just easy, little expectations that yield really big results. Yeah. So they're within her control. In other words, she's able to, and they're really pretty, there's no, no, you don't have to pay a lot of money for it. It's, yep. it's within your grasp. Yep. 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 That's good. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm very thankful that they were able to share. If anybody else again wants to call in and offer any sort of um, advice on things that they do, you're more than welcome to. Um, otherwise, yeah, we'll just keep going through some of the best practices that we've, we've mm -hmm. found. Yep. Um, so the first one is just mindfulness, thinking about what you think about. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, again, like a negative thought comes up, you can recognize it, you can see it. Um, and I think it's helpful, like if you think about life with like a main screen and then a side screen, sometimes you just can okay recognize it's it's there um but put it on the side screen so it's not the main thing that you're paying attention to um and you're not trying to like completely just like get rid of it or whatever but recognize like okay this is a fear or concern i know the truth it's there um but i'm going to be mindful and and because you can't always just erase it right away so i think that's kind of helpful mm -hmm. Right. And I think how, I, I, like that's a good term, not erase it right away. I think we have to understand our feelings 
kind of flow in delayed reaction <laughs> to our thinking. And so a lot of times, and like I had mentioned, this TFAR idea, the thought, the feeling, the action, the repeat. And so many times when we're challenging our thought, it doesn't necessarily think normal at that moment. Mm -hmm. But our, if we keep, you know, persistent and doing little things that just help build health, I mean, the, the simple things like watering flowers or you know, listening to music or going for a walk, those kinds of things. I think those things can all play out. And, and I think it's interesting that, you know, there's a, there's a verse, there's a word in the Bible, uh, and it's the word repent. Okay, so repent's an interesting word. Because repent is the, the Greek word is metanoia, metanoia. And, and meta is differently or to, to, trans, to sort of transition to a whole new way of and noia is thinking. So it's really repentance is thinking differently. And this is where we need to, because our thoughts will transform us if, and I'll, I'll just say this, we need outside help to be able to help reframe our thoughts. If you stew in your own juices, <laughs> it's going to be a bad <laughs> stew. It's not going to be good. But it, there's that's why, like what you had mentioned, Sage, the idea of getting truth, stuff from things from the outside that are timeless, absolute truth. That's what we anchor ourselves to. And, and that changes things, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Like you just like think about like sometimes like, okay, let's say you have this like news to share and someone's at work and it's just not like the right time to be able to go and share that news. Sometimes in life, like you're going to have these, um, these, um, these thoughts that are negative or, or whatever. And you're just, you're not in a place in time where you can completely unpack and unwind them. So I think it's just helpful to know like, I'm going to recognize it's there. I'm not going to give too much power or distraction to it, but like when, Put it I'm, on ready, the shelf. when yep. I'm ready, like I yep. will come back to it. It's kind yep. of like an unwanted guest at your party. Exactly. They're there. You can't like say like you're not allowed, um, but you just, you're focused more on, okay, what is right in front of me? I'm, I have life and they're there. I didn't want them there, but I can't deal with them right now. She's talking about me. At, <laughs> at <a party>. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so <laughs> uh, the second thing, again, that I, I think this is, is good for all of us, but good nutrition and physical activity, right? If you're undergoing stress and you have high, um, what is that called? High adrenaline, a good mm -hmm. way to work it off is just to get your heart rate going in another way to work it off. Uh, and, and I think it, it'd be interesting, like on the road, I'm sure, uh, as a driver, you're trying to figure out how do I get that rhythm in. I, I think that we c don't think of yourself having to run a 5K or a 10K or, but I mean, sometimes just a f 10, 15 minute walk can make a massive difference in just sort of de-stressing as it were and getting things out and, and then picking, you know, healthy food options is all, it's an important thing. Yeah. Because um, that it does impact us. Yeah. Um, and then the next one. Sleep like a robot. <laughs> okay, what does that mean? <laughs> Robots don't sleep. Everybody knows. Uh, okay, well, yeah. then that's a myth. So <laughs> yeah. don't sleep like a robot. Uh, yeah, 
so sleep habits. like someone that plans. Yeah. Yeah. Regular routine. Yeah. So. so, you know, I pulled off an article here from how to sleep better. Okay. okay. You know, like that old phrase, I slept like a baby, which the person, of course, jestingly said, yeah, I'm, I was up every two hours mm-hmm. crying. You know, that's the old joke. Well, but how do you sleep better? And, and I'll, I'll just say this. I work at my sleep. I measure my sleep um, and I operate. My day doesn't begin in the morning. In fact, in the scripture, in the, in the uh, original creation, it says the evening and the morning were the first day. So my day starts at night. <laughs> so and actually I plan, uh, I plan my sleep. I plan my, um, you know, the first things I do in the morning, I, you know, uh, some would coffee. I, I do like a cup of coffee in the morning, but I have a st- time where I kind of get quiet before the Lord and spend some time with him and then kind of work through the whole day. But how do you build better sleep? Um, I think like you're saying, I think the robot idea is to have a routine mm-hmm. you know, where you're doing routine, you know, and as a driver, you might say, well, that's kind of hard to do. But even if your time changes, tr- figure out a routine, make sure you have a comfortable bed, uh, dark, cool. <laughs> that's very important uh, for, and sleep is so uh, needful. Be consistent. Here's another tip on good sleep. Ditch the blue light before bed. In other words, the computer stuff. Try to shut that stuff down. I, I, really, I try to, whether it's television, all that uh, social media stuff can pull. Uh, it can create unrest. Uh, reduce eating close to bedtime. Stop drinking water two hours before sleep. Avoid caffeine. Um, and uh, being physically active also is a rhythm that helps you then with sleeping better. So, I, I mean, these are all kinds of practical, but sleep is a big deal. It's huge. Yep. Yeah, I think I'm bad at every one of those. <laughs> well, I'm not here to put you under. Hey, I'm still working at it. I should show you my sleep app from this week. I had a couple of days that were horrible because I was just dealing with some stuff. And And here's another thing. Here's an important thing about sleeping. If you can't sleep... Don't toss and turn. What I do is I actually get up and I, I'll either read something or I kind of make myself tired, even if it takes 45 minutes or an hour. And I'll usually catch a thought that I usually have the scripture because I go to the Psalms and I'll let that, how would I, how would I say it? I let that thought hug me, <laughs> you know, that it goes around me because I'm rerouting whatever my mind is racing about. I try to reprogram it and that does help me get back to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, it does. So, yeah. Good. Um, so the next one is ask for feedback. What do you think that? Hmm. That one's a little more challenging, like especially if you're just starting to walk through it, you know, because you might not want to hear what other people think about your journey yet. Mm-hmm. But um, I would just that's where it's, I think, important to have other people like even like you said, if it's one or two just walking beside you and just. I don't even know if it looks like, hey, how am I doing? You know what I mean? It, it might just be like, you know, hey, have you noticed anything different or something like that? Mm-hmm. Or even people might see feedback without you even asking. They might come to you and say, hey, I noticed you doing, you know, this and this. You know, it looks like you're, you're feeling better about yourself. And like it might just be people giving you feedback that you're not even intentionally looking for. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it's important. I think what, what you mentioned was the idea of listening. The importance of listening, I, I think before before we share, and we can shoot from the hip on a lot of different ideas. And if we haven't earned the right or, you know, the relational equity in someone's life to share, um, 
it's not it's going to be like a BB against a cement wall. It's not going to take effect. I, I think there is a humility in asking for feedback, um, but someone can only feed back if they've observed and they kind of know who you are. Right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So there's somehow a precursor of maybe it's if you have that one or two friends that are connecting with you, after you've established a good rapport, ask for feedback. Say, hey, man, do you have any thoughts or, you know, that kind of thing? And, and that can help broaden our understanding, mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah. Yep. Um, never worry in your head. So write down your thoughts. What do you think? <laughs> I'd say he does it. Every day. I tell you what, every day I do a page. Every day I do a page. And I, I and now some of you might not be writers, but so you find some other way of getting, I, I don't know, how do you get your thoughts out so they don't plague you and you're struggling with them on your own? Um, I find writing's helpful. Now, some people aren't writers. Maybe it's expressing you know, verbally to someone or finding a listening ear or that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, limit social media exposure. I think that's, yeah, very um, good to be sensitive if you're struggling with mental health. Um, you're just being mentally fit because of the comparison and the lies that you can start to make up, um, thinking that you're not good enough or whatever it may be. Right. Yep. And then, um, Another one would just be don't live your life in isolation. So seek support from help and from others. I think that's very crucial. Yeah, the biggest piece for me that helped me through it was not trying to live it alone. And just like, I don't know, the, t the moment I took a step and said I needed to get help with this and start trusting people mm -hmm. to help me with it and not looking at it as like a disadvantage or why is this happening to me? And using it just to make myself be stronger and having that support group. I think the don't live in isolation, I think the isolation is what can put you in the dark spot because you don't think there's a light switch to turn on or anything. Yeah. So I think once you have people around you that care, I think that's when you can really start to get mentally healthy because mm -hmm. you're not doing it on your own. Because mm -hmm. just like going to the gym, if you want to start going to the gym and you're going to do it by yourself, it's hard to hold yourself accountable. Right. But when it's you true. get your partner with you, you're like, no, we're going today, whether you like it or not. Then you have the accountability, the trust, yep. and you work through it together. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And, and, I, and I would just say this, um, you know, as a chaplain, that's uh, obviously we're here to serve in that kind of way. But I would like to speak to each of you, whether you're a driver, you know, work in the office, we're going to shop, whatever. You have the power to be a resource and an encouragement to someone else if you... Uh, you know, the, the, there's a verse in the scripture that says, think not only your own interest, but also on the interest of others. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you're saying, noticing things, if you, you see someone going through something and, you know, it's it's a scary thing to reach out if, if we're struggling with something. Because we, I think a lot of times we feel like I'm the only person dealing with this or that kind of thing. And the truth is you're not. Because all of us are common in our struggles. And so so be an encourager to help people open up and then have the courage to open up. You know? Hey everyone, this is Caleb from Newsbomb Recruiting. And I'd love to answer any questions you have about driving with us. Give us a call at 309-268-1199 or visit newsbombjobs.com. Hope to talk to you soon. You've been listening to Terminal Exchange, the official podcast of Newsbomb Transportation. If you're enjoying our content, please leave us a review. 
Your reviews help us spread the word about these important topics and invite more people into the conversation. You can rate and review us on your podcast app or visit us online at terminalexchange.org. New episodes arrive every other Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow Newsbomb on your favorite social media platforms and be the first to know when new episodes are released. Thanks for listening. Until next time, own every moment and stay purpose-driven.